And let us pray. Father, I pray that you speak through me. May your word find a fertile place in every heart that hears it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you at times forget like me, then a daily to-do list can be very helpful. Whenever my senior colleague here, the Reverend Tony Miles, goes on holiday, he gives Dick and Ali and me a list of things to remember to do. I am sure you don't want to see a copy of the list, the to-do list he leaves for us when he goes on holiday from time to time. Watering the plant in his office is definitely not on the list. Because if it is, they will all be dead by the time he comes back. Because I'm not very good at that. But it's usually a long list of things for us to do to keep this place running. Dekanali and I will diligently work on the list so that when he comes back, we won't have to give excuses. Rather, we will say to him that the work has been done. On Ascension Day, Jesus left a long to-do list for his disciples and for all Christians to embark on and to keep us occupied until he returns. On that list, he's asked us to go and give the good news to the poor, to tell spiritual prisoners that in Christ they are prisoners no more, to tell spiritually lost and blind people that in Jesus Christ they can see and hope for a better and brighter future, to go and heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, to set at liberty those that are bruised by injustice in our world, to go and tell everyone that the good news of the kingdom has come. Forty days after his resurrection, Jesus and his disciples were up on Mount Olive on the east side near Bethany. There he addressed them. And as he was blessing them, he was taking up into the clouds as his disciples stood gazing up onto the sky. Two men dressed in white, supposedly angels, appeared and said these words as recorded in Acts chapter 1 verse 11. Man of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that to everything that is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven, there is a beginning and there is an end. The ascension of Jesus is significant to us today. Some may ask, what has that got to do with us? Well, yes, indeed, it is significant to us because it signals the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, an end that ushered in the Holy Spirit, the helper, the enabler, the guide, the powerhouse that you and I need to do the work that he has left for us to do here. Endings are not always sad, especially when what we are ending enables us to have a new kind of presence to be born. What are you holding on to this morning? 
that needs to end? What are you clinging on to that you need to let go of so that a new beautiful kind of presence will be born? Is it unforgiveness? Is it malice? Is it a toxic relationship that you're still clinging on to? Is it a grudge that you're still nursing, you're holding on to? What is it that is still there that you're clinging on to that you ought to let go and bring an end to? As Jesus' earthly ministry came to an end, so some things in our lives must come to an end for a new beautiful era to begin in our lives. Let it go and let God restore unto you the joy of his salvation. And to the church, are there some things the church community needs to let go so a new life of growth and Christian discipleship can spring forth and flourish in our community? Are there doors that need to be closed for God to open new revolving doors that can freely let people come in here and be part of the church that God has established around the world. Letting go of the old, safe, secure way of life can be very scary. The early disciples were scared. They were scared to step out without Jesus. But Jesus' ascension ushered in a new way of life for them and a new way of life for you and me this morning, a life of boldness, a life with the enabler, a life with a guide, a life with a powerhouse, a life with God's Holy Spirit. And so as individuals and as a church community, I urge you this morning to let go of the things that God has already archived the things that God has already put away. Let go of them and let a new era start, an era with the Holy Spirit. To let God take full control and birth a new era. Jesus' ascension signifies the end of his humanity. The ascension also gives us hope, hope of spending eternity with Jesus he ascended into heaven so he could prepare a place for us. As we've just heard from that reading in John chapter 17, read for us so beautifully, Jesus made a passionate special request to the Father in that prayer. He said in verse 24 of John chapter 17, Father, I want those that have been given to me to be with me where I am. What a prayer request to the Father that you and I will spend eternity with our loving God in a place prepared for us. So let us this morning hold on to that great promise in John chapter 14 where Jesus says, Do not let your heart be troubled, for I go to prepare a place for you. And when I'm finished with that preparation, I will come back to you, that you will be where I am. Jesus ascended so he could prepare a place for you and me. And when that work is done, he will come back. So where he is, there we will be as well. Don't let anything put you off track and you miss it. For he will come back as he promised. So that where he is, there we may be also. It was Oswald Chambers 
an early 20th century Scottish Baptist evangelist who said, I quote, at his ascension, our Lord Jesus entered into heaven and he keeps the door open for humanity to enter. The door has been left ajar. The door is open for you and I to enter. Heaven has an open door policy, but who will ascend onto the hills? Who shall stand in his holy place? The psalmist gives us a clue of the people who would do that in Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. He said, he or she who has clean hands and pure heart, he or she who has not lifted herself or himself unto vanity. The ascension gives us hope of something to look forward to, but it also gives us something to work on, and that is to keep our hands clean. That is to keep pure hearts. That is to keep ourselves pure before the Lord, to keep our hands clean and our hearts pure, not by our own self-righteousness, but through daily repentance and devotion to God, so that we too may ascend unto God's glorious kingdom on the day of the Lord. The ascension signifies that we too may someday inherit that place that he has prepared for us. The ascension is also significant because it releases us. It releases you and I to go and impact our world with the good news. Jesus' final words to all his disciples before he ascended were these, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is you and me. We will receive power. And I pray as you open up your heart this morning to the Lord, that power will come upon you. That power will come upon me because without that power, we will stall in this world. Without that power, we wouldn't go far. Without that power, we will be intimidated. Without that power, the success will not be there. That power is the fuel in the engine that you and I need to be able to carry out the work that the Lord has left for us today. He said, you shall receive power. And then what you will do? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, until Christ returns, we who have tasted the sweetness of his peace and salvation must now go and be agents of change in our families. We must now go and be agents of change in our community, impacting the world around us with the good news. As I was preparing this sermon, I bumped into a story somewhere. You'll be pleased to know that I was on holiday, as Tony mentioned, a week ago. So most of what you're hearing in this sermon uh, was prepared 40,000 feet above sea levels as we were deep in the clouds flying back, coming home. So as I watched the on-screen thing on the plane, I was also writing the sermon. But then I bumped into this story somewhere that I read in one of the books. It says, a nobleman came into a small, typical English village looking for a gambling shop. And he found none. He asked a slave girl why he couldn't find a gambling shop in the entire village. And the slave girl replied, Master, 100 years ago, someone by the name of John Wesley passed through this village. Since then, all the gambling shop closed because no one will gamble anymore. What a life of impact by John Wesley. 
Until Jesus returns, there are cities and towns and villages that are longing and waiting for true Christians to spiritually pass through them and impact their lives. There are cities and towns that need Jesus and hearts that are longing and waiting for this good news of the gospel. There are prisoners waiting to hear our song. There are jailers bound in sin and iniquity, ready to be saved, baptized, and confirmed. In our lectionary passage in Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul was out and about fulfilling the commission Jesus gave him. And it is a commission that Jesus has given to us. In a vision, Paul saw a man beckoning him, calling on him to come over and help them in Macedonia, calling him desperately to come over and join them, to support them and help the work in Macedonia. Friends, in so many ways, the world is calling for help. The world is desperate for help. The world is beckoning us to bring our Jesus to them. The world needs Jesus. What is going on in Ukraine? What is going on in parts of Africa? What is going on in our own local area? All points to the same thing, that we live in a world that is desperately in need of Jesus, but don't know how to embrace him. And you and I have been called to help the world to fall into the hands of Jesus and to fall in love with God. In fulfilling that commission, Paul had to cross boundary. Are we prepared to cross boundaries, be it racial, cultural, geographical, or economic boundaries to bring the gospel to others? Are we ready to cross boundaries, or are we like Jonah, running in the opposite direction, looking for the bottom deck so that we are hidden, that no one sees us? We are, some of us, some of the Christians, uh, what I call plainclothes Christians. We are MI5. We operate in secret, but it's good, isn't it? Not everybody wears a uniform in the army, isn't it? Some of them are MI5, some of them are what we call MIBs in the army, secret agents. But here we need to be prepared to cross boundaries, to be ready to be bold, to take the gospel across. At times the boundaries that we are to cross can be hostile to the good news of Jesus and even to the people who bring it. But Paul and Silas were ready. They were ready to fulfill their commission, knowing that there are risks to it. Through the power of God's word, their preaching impacted an influential lady called Lydia, who sells fine purple, leaning to the rich and the powerful in society. The word of God was preached, and Lydia opened her hearts to the gospel. Friends, until Jesus returns, one of our major assignments is to help people to turn towards God, to open their hearts and surrender their lives to Jesus. Lydia opened her heart and her home to God. Have you opened your heart to God? Have you opened your home to God? Today might be a good day to say to Jesus, come into my heart. Come in today. Come and stay. Come and be my helper. Come and be my guide. Come and reside in me. Today might just be that day that you will call on Jesus to come into your heart to make a difference in your life. Through the power of God's word and their prayer, Paul and Silas also impacted the life of a slave girl who was possessed by a demonic spirit of divination. They gave how that gives us the ability to predict the unknown, the ability to tell fortune for a fee. 
So when she was delivered, her masters were upset. They were upset because this little girl was set free. This girl represents many in our world today who are held as slaves, those whose lives are controlled by other people until Christ returns. Are we prepared to render helping hand? Are we prepared to render help to the many slave girls in our world, to girls and people held against their wish to make money for others? Are we prepared to speak and stand up for children and young people who are in child labor? I've just come back from Sierra Leone. It's unfortunate to see as you walk through the streets of Freetown, it was time when children should be in school and you see them carrying a huge, a huge container of water on their head trying to sell water in small sachets for people to drink because it's really hot. And I look to them and say, they're supposed to be in school, but they're out there looking and finding money for somebody who controls them. Are we ready to step up for those children? Are we ready to step up for people like those in our world whose lives are in the grip of others? We think about those little girls who are pushed into early marriage and those trafficked as slave and laborers around the world. Are we ready to stand up for them? The ascension of Christ releases us to go and be the voice for the voiceless, to intervene and add our collective voices to put an end to such injustice and abuse. The girl's life was impacted. She was delivered. But Paul and Silas, they got into a huge problem. Upset that their money-making scheme was gone, the girls' masters arrested Paul and Silas, dragged them to the marketplace, put them before a judge with no legal representation, no credible witnesses. The magistrate commanded that they are stripped, beaten, thrown into prison, locked up in a maximum security suite, chained to the stocks. What a classic picture of a broken judiciary system that some people still have to go through today. System that have justice for some people and not for all people. A system where there is justice for some and not for others. I'm sure you can think of a time in your own life when justice was denied. You can think of a time in your own life when you were not listened to, a time in your own life when you were taken for granted and you were punished wrongfully. Even in the perfect will of God and in the mission of God, this can still happen. But we can learn something new here. We can learn something unique here from the response of Paul and Silas. In the midst of their pain, they responded as true Methodist, true Methodist, we sing our faith in every situation, don't we? We do. We have singing the faith. We sing our faith in every situation. They began to sing hymns. The singing was so good, or perhaps so bad, that it kept the prisoners awake. I don't know which one will cause an earthquake, whether it's the good one or the bad one, but there was an earthquake as well. Their prayer and praise impacted a whole prison community until Jesus comes, brothers and sisters. From time to time, we might find ourselves in some difficult situation. In those situations, we too must learn to sing through our pain like Paul and Silas. Miracles happen when we sing God's praise. Chains are broken when we express our love and appreciation for God, even in situations through our sincere praise. 
Their prayers impacted the life of the hard-hearted jailer who opened his heart to the gospel and eventually surrendered to Christ. As I conclude, the ascension of Jesus Christ has released us to go and do likewise, to go and help leaders to open their hearts to the Lord, to go and help the slave girls out there to be delivered, to go and help the jailers there to open their hearts to Jesus. The ascension has released us to go and bring the good news, to go and help people to turn towards God in faith and to do good works. It doesn't always have to be on a massive scale, but do the little you can, and together we can impact our world. Together we'll be fulfilling the Great Commission. Together we will be ticking off things on that to-do list that Jesus has left for us. Finally, may I encourage you with these words from John Wesley, that until Jesus returns, let us go and do all the good we can, by all the means we can, in all the ways we can, in all the places we can, at all the times we can, to all the people we can, so long as we can. In doing this, we keep ourselves occupied until Jesus returns. And remember, we do have a gospel to proclaim. Let's leave this place proclaiming that gospel. Amen. Sing together.